Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, as always. And we are going to start with a big report from Black Knight. I got to love these reports. I always think Mondays are going to be kind of boring and I'm going to be struggling to find something to talk about here on the podcast. Huge report from Black Knight looking at January. Well, actually looking really at 2021. A lot of data about 2021, a little bit of data about what's happening, or I should say a little bit of data that I think is important about what is happening uh, with regards to the housing market, but more importantly, what is happening in the mortgage market because 2021 was a banner year for my industry as loan originations hit a record high of 4.4 trillion dollars round of for my industry there 4.4 trillion dollars that is up slightly from 2020 when it was 4.3 trillion and i'm gonna go out on a limb here it's a big this this is this is this is a very big prediction we're probably not going to beat that number this year (laughs) just throwing that out there I don't think we're going to do 4.5. Just, just, I got, I got a hunch. I got a hunch that we're not going to be producing that level of volume uh, for the third year in a row. So how does that break down? 1.7 trillion of that 4.4 was purchases, which was the highest level on record. So another record, another round of applause. (laughs) Purchases were up big and refis. They were at $2.7 which was actually down a little bit from 2020 when it was at $2.8 So a slight decline for refis. And I, once again, another big prediction here. I have a feeling you're going to see a big drop <laughs> with refis. Probably not going to break that record set in 2020. Just throwing it out there. So of the $2.7 trillion in refis, how do they break down? Well, 1.5 trillion were rate term refis and 1.2 trillion were cash outs. And this is, well, let's just say that next year you're probably going to see these numbers change pretty significantly. And we're already seeing that. For example, in 2021, rate term refis were down 60% while cash outs were up 13%. And that number is probably going to climb as we move forward. But at the end of 2022, cash out refis as a share of refis were up from 36% the year prior to 60%. So that's a big jump there for cash outs. And I have a feeling, once again, big hunch, that that number is going to be even more lopsided here in 2022. Like I said, I just got a feeling that's going to be happening. Uh, Home price growth accelerated for the third consecutive month. This is looking at January. The average home value increased 19% year over year. This is just half a percent away from the all-time high that we saw in July. And that was thanks to a 1% increase just month over month. December to January, 1% increase. So as we all know, and we've talked about it here on the podcast, home prices are moving up. So here's the thing. You got rising home prices 
along with rising rates means what? Affordability is getting worse. The principal and interest payment required to buy the average priced home is up 37% or about $417 year over year. And now requires 27.5% of the median household income to purchase the average home. This is unfortunately above the long-term affordability benchmark of 25%, but is pretty drastically lower than what we saw during the Great Recession when it hit 34%. And that's what I want to talk about here because you're looking at this report or you're hearing me talk about it. And I know what you're thinking, right? Record home price growth, rising rates, well, up until these last couple of weeks, and an increase in cash out refis. And I know what you're thinking. A lot of people are thinking it. Crash bros are definitely thinking it. Here we go. History repeating itself. Here comes 2008 all over again. The housing bubble is about to pop. So is that going to happen? No. And there's two main reasons for that. So one, let's talk about cash out refis. Equity. Homeowners tapped $80 billion in equity thanks to cash outs, which was the highest such volume in 15 years. Oh, no! The Great Recession! You just said it! You said this wasn't going to happen, yet here we are. However, it's important to remember that homeowner equity increased by $446 billion. <laughs> so, yes, $80 billion, but there is still far more equity then was taken out, which is a good sign. Not to mention that homeowners are tapping their available equity at roughly half the rate that they were prior to the peak in 2008. So like in 2007, we are at half that level. Another reason why that 80 billion number is so high is because there's so much more available equity now. And remember, no one's doing 110% cash out equities <laughs> no, your 80% is what is taking place. So regardless, even if someone is tapping the maximum amount out of their house, they still got equity in the home. They still got skin in the game. So that's that's the number one reason. So you look at the equity number and think 80 billion, but yes, home prices are now more. So that's why even though the dollar amount is equal to what we saw in 2007, Looking at the other data, it's not even close to what we were seeing in 2007. And another big factor, and this is probably the most important one, credit scores. The average credit score among cash-out borrowers has dropped a little, but it's still above 740. That was not happening in 2007 and 8 when people were rushing to cash out money from their house. No, we were not talking about people with 740 credit scores, okay? That, that was the number one problem. So the takeaway, it is important to keep an eye on cash out refis because there's actually two factors. One, it gives you an idea of what's happening in housing. You know, if people all of a sudden start borrowing a ton of money, yes, it could be a problem. But it also is a sign of the overall economy. When people start tapping their house, it's because their living costs potentially are becoming a problem and they need to find money somewhere. And so it, it doesn't always mean that. I mean, obviously there's reasons why people could be taking money out to, to buy a second home. People could be taking money out uh, because once again, borrowing rates are so cheap, even if rates move up. You know, if you can make 
10% on an investment, you can borrow the money for 4%. Why would you not do that? So there's a lot of other reasons, but if people are borrowing the money because they need the money to keep their standard of living at a certain level, it's the same reason why if you see credit cards go up, that could be a problem. So it's, it's, it's more of an indication of what is happening in the economy, I think, when looking at cash out refis. And that's what happened in 2007, is that people were rushing to do cash outs because they needed that money. It wasn't like, oh, it'd be nice to take some equity out of the home. It's like, we need that to keep our standard of living. And so it is a sign of, uh-oh, something could be happening in the economy. And luckily, we're not there yet. We're not even close to it. But keep an eye on it. But don't let anyone tell you that, ooh, look at this data. It's scary. It's not scary. Not scary at all. Not if you actually look at the data. And that's what I'm doing. It's <laughs> looking at the actual data. So have no fear. Sorry, Crash Bros. Another month where your predictions will be wrong. And I would say year. I, I'm pretty confident <laughs> that for the entire year, we're not going to see anything close to a crash. And want to know why? Well, it is Monday, or I should say we've got Monday's data from Altos Research. Mike Simonson does his weekly reports and rent and home prices are up to start the month of March. The median price of a single family home is up 1% from last week. Can you imagine that 1%? You annualize that, that's 52%. <laughs> No, that is 1% week over week. That's that's insane. Uh, the average house or the median price is now $395,500. That is up 12% year over year. And rents are also up to $2,100. That is up 17% year over year. And this is so important because I get it. Home prices are skyrocketing. Rates are going up. Everyone's saying, uh-oh, here's the sign. This is why we're going to, this, this is why we're not going to have a bubble. If rents are more, it still makes sense for people to buy. Now, of course, you are going to reach a point where people can't buy or rent. And then now we have a problem. That's a different problem. That's not a, uh-oh, here comes a housing crash problem. That's uh, what are we going to do about this situation with regards to inventory? That's what we need to be working on. And we are seeing some good Signs, you know, we, we had the Friday jobs report, 60,000 new jobs in February in the construction industry. Phenomenal. That's what we want to be saying. Now, the conventional wisdom says that rents and home prices have an inverse relationship. However, Simonson argues that that's not true. Once again, writing over at Altos Research, he says, but it turns out that they move in tandem. Both are driven by household formation and demographics. The massive housing demand right now is catching up from many years of the proverbial millennials living in their parents' basement, and they're now finally forming households. And likewise, when housing demand finally cools, it will cool the rental market too. Now, you do have somewhat of an inverse relationship, right? Where if rents, let's say all of a sudden we just built a ton of multifamily developments and they were rentals and so we you know, oversaturated the market and then rent started to fall would people still then want to go buy probably not and so you could have a situation where 
one is moving in one direction, one's moving the other. But for the most part, because even in that scenario that I just laid out, eventually what would happen is if everyone then went to rentals, what would happen? Housing prices would fall because the demand would subside. And so you can't have deviations from that. But overall, his point is correct, is that there's demand for housing and there's demand not for housing. And in some cases, people may go to rentals because it makes more sense. So they might be going to buy because that makes more sense. But for the most part, household formation is going to be the leading cause of what is happening in housing overall. Now, speaking of inventory, inventory has fallen to only 241,000 single family homes unsold on the market. And here's the thing. Each week, 75,000 homes are added, but 77,000 homes are sold. So that's a deficit. So that means every week, new homes are being added to the market, but they're not actually adding to the overall number. They're taking from that overall number because how many sales are happening. In fact, Simonson argues there are no signs anywhere in the data that this trend is slowing, (laughs) let alone reversing. 2,000 deficit every single week. In fact, Simonson argues that all these factors mean that 2023 is the earliest we should expect any price moderation. 2023. All right. Gotcha. And that actually backs up an argument that I saw uh, Bloomberg columnist Connor Sen make on Twitter this weekend. He said home prices are going to go up another 15% this year. And I don't think people have really absorbed that. I think it's true. I mean, we saw double-digit growth 2020, double-digit growth 2021, and a lot of people are like, all right, here's the, here's the year we normalize. And a lot of the economists out there have said that, but people are starting to look at this data, you know, whether it's Altos, whether it's Black Knight, whether it's CoreLogic, whatever it may be, and they're going, oh, act, you know, uh, look at these inventory levels. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> maybe maybe next year will normalize. I mean, it's only it's it is March, twenty twenty two, and they've already been like, yeah, sorry, this is not going to be the year home prices normalize. Sorry to break it to you. Now, of course, anything can change. We don't know what's going to happen with the economy. We don't know what's going to happen with inflation. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, you know global affairs such as what's happening in Russia and Ukraine and the impacts that that could have. You know, the impact gas prices. I mean, just there's so many factors out there. But all things being equal, it does not look like 2022 is going to be the year that home prices normalize with regards to gross. With what? With regards to gross. What was I trying to say? Growth. <laughs> with, re- with regards to growth. That's the term I was trying to go for. All right. We got to go. You guys enjoy the rest of your two. Well, you know, actually, hold on. Hold on. We got to talk about what's going to be happening today. That's right, 8.30, bounce trade. What is the trade deficit going to be? Set a new record, maybe? Well, we'll find out in a little bit. And then at 10 a.m., economic optimism remains muted, to say it nicely. I think they're calling for about a 43, and the index neutral is 50. So it's going to drop a little bit from 44 to about 43 is the projection. So people just not feeling optimistic about the economy right now. And I think we all know, well, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of reasons why you could make that argument. But we got to go. Hopefully you guys feel optimistic about your Tuesday. We will talk to you again on Wednesday or tonight 
If you want to tune in to the live stream on my Facebook page for the Tuesday night stream of Markets and Mortgages. Otherwise, I will talk to you on Wednesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.